welcome to Disney Minus Reverse Rebirth, where uh, instead of talking about Disney movies, we talk about the video game property that brings together a bunch of Disney movies and Final Fantasy and stuff like that. This is our second attempt at recording episode, I think this is 17, um, <laughs> due to... Total because yeah, you know what? Technically third <laughs> because there was the initial attempt where we found out that Craig ate my audio. Then the first time I um got lost in Atlantica, yeah, aka I fell asleep in the tub. And then last night when I fell asleep again, <laughs> you know what? In in fairness to Craig, the first time was my fault. I thought that I had uh, downloaded your audio because I always edit last minute, just because of course I do. Um, but apparently I had not downloaded it and Craig was like, Hey, my bad dude. I only keep stuff for a week. And I was like, you okay. know what? Fair. Yep. <laughs> um, That's yeah, than I remember so, important information myself. So yeah. Right. Um, so that happened and I remembered the episode number correctly off the top of my head. This is episode 17. So hooray for me, I guess. I mean, um, we'll put it in Nikki's <laughs> mailbag. So that's kind of cheating. Eh, I, didn't, I forgot to check there. Uh huh. God. Um. So it's been forever. So I don't know if you necessarily remember, or if you have caught up on um the Let's Play yet. Still haven't caught up on the Let's Play, and honestly, I remember bits and pieces of when we initially recorded this episode. So I can't really say that yet. <laughs> I um, no. Okay. So um, where episode sixteen would have left off is uh, Sora woke up in his pod and got new clothes. And then went to Hollow Bastion and got bullied by, like, the half of Organization 13 that he hasn't murdered yet. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then what we, what we were able to cover last time, so we'll probably kind of speed through it a little bit, uh, was um, the Land of Dragons, which is the, the world for Mulan, uh, Beast Castle, which obviously is Beauty and the Beast. And a trip back to Hollow Bastion that I had kind of forgotten about uh, for the beginning of the Winnie the Pooh stuff. So that's what we'll talk about tonight. And just in case, since I'm not sure uh, how much time or how much time we'll end up having left on the clock, I went ahead and took notes on the next world just in case. So we'll see where we get. Um, and I've got the timer ready whenever you are. Uh, don't start the time just yet because okay. um, before we started timing. I did talk about uh, the gummy ship stuff for this one, just to get that out of the way. So I'll go ahead and talk about that again. All right, okay. Yeah, um, the, it's more or less the general consensus that the gummy stuff across the board is never really that great. My favorite, and I think most people's favorite, is probably the way they handle it in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, where it becomes just sort of like a big, just open expanse that you can sail or that you can fly around in however you want. And then when you find an enemy, it'll like make it almost a separate little thing where you're just sitting there like shooting at each other. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So that that one's my favorite, at least. I think most people tend to agree. I'm not really sure on the numbers, obviously, because why why would I be? Uh, there are some neat little Easter eggs that they hid in and around places. What that we'll get to whenever we eventually get to Kingdom Hearts three. So that'll be fun. Um, Kingdom Hearts one, if you remember. The gummy stuff was, like, kind of slowly flying through basically, like, a hallway of space where there would be ships flying around. And you honestly barely even had to move or shoot to really survive. Uh, but you could, I guess. <laughs> um, 
the way yeah, I do like the way Kingdom Hearts 2 handles it better, but not enough that I still spent a ton of time on gummy stuff. Um, basically, it whenever you are looking at like the overworld map, there will be like a little doorway um, icon like in front of a world, and if you haven't done the gummy route, the doorway will be locked. Obviously, then when you complete it, the door will still be there, but it'll be like unlocked now. Um, so you'll select the that little doorway and just tell it you and just select to do the gummy route instead of like picking a world and it just putting you in the, in the thing. Uh, mm. This one, this game handles it a lot more of being like an on rails shooter where it, it's still going through like a whole like thing, but you are basically bouncing around the screen just just firing away as uh, heartless and nobody ships like fly around shooting at you and stuff. Ew. <laughs> Sorry, just the, the ships flying around shooting at me just makes me think of, like, every summer when I have these goddamn bugs in my apartment that, like, to hover right in front of my face. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's right honestly, it's a little bit like that. Um, there, there are, like, there will be, like, special ones every now and then. Honestly, they're kind of like shiny Pokemon a little bit, mm-hmm. where it'll be one of the regular ships, but, like, colored solid red or solid yellow. Those will give you bigger prizes, um, so, like, special gummies, or special, like, things, um, whereas the others will just, like, give random gummy pieces when you blow them up, um, so you'll, you'll see it when you get to a gummy route on the Let's Play, uh, I won't really talk too much about any of them, because most of them don't have a whole lot going on, um, but I'll still say, like, the name of each route, um, there'll be a couple Especially there's one toward the end <laughs> that has uh, some really like fun and cheesy stuff that you can talk about um, that I'll be able to to get uh, to talk about once we actually get to that one. So that'll be kind of fun. Florida Dark uh, sent me a video of it a while back when we were starting Kingdom Hearts 2 because it was something I had never actually tried myself. Anyway, we'll we'll get to all that. That's like the last gummy route in the game. So we'll, <laughs> so we'll get to that forever from now. Um, in the meantime, the the uh, the one for Land of Dragons is called Asteroid Sweep, and there's really not much to talk about, so that's kind of all I'm going to say. Okay. And so now we can go ahead and start the time. <laughs> all right, let me switch back over to my timer, and timer is go. Yay. Uh, so we you, you hit the world and immediately open on a cutscene that's just... Shan Yu looking around like a villain that he's uh, seemingly just burned down. Um, his little fal- falcon, falcon, yeah, falcon, uh, swoops up and lands on his shoulder. And I think this is when he like drops the little doll in his hand from the movie, if you remember. Like, you mean the most depressing scene in the entire movie? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's probably one of the biggest Disney mood whiplash scenes ever, because we go, there's no breather. We go straight from a girl worth fighting for to that shit. I know, it's ridiculous. But, um, so yeah, it starts off just, sh- just showing you Shan Yu looking all evil and being like, haha, I have just burned down the village. And, um, then immediately... His original voice actor, right? I think so. I forget if we did or not. Um... But then we immediately cut to friggin' Sora, Donald, and Goofy in, like, a bamboo grove where um, Mushu is giving Mulan a pep talk. And this is where you may want to just keep um, the Anthem Report channel open, because obviously I'm not going to be posting stuff in it right now. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they see uh, what is supposed to be Mushu's uh, like silhouette against a rock. <laughs> because like I guess he's like kind of standing next to their campfire trying to hype her up or whatever. But they just see like a big shadow dragon thing like projected on- onto the rock behind him and think he must be a heartless. So Sora and Donald like leap in to attack it and Goofy hang or still the one hanging on to the group brain cell is like, wait guys, maybe we should Oh, you're already gone. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's like, wait, maybe we should look before we leap. And it's like, mm, sorry, Goof. No, no, one thing I also just found, just as I was looking at uh, Sean Yu's voice actor for the Kingdom Hearts series. Yeah. Um, It's not the original VA, but he's done a bunch of other stuff for Disney. Yeah. Um, But also another thing that he's done, he was actually Zeus in God of War. Oh, okay. What was the, what's the actor's name again? Uh, Corey Burton is his name. That's right. I was thinking it was either Corey Burton or Ray Chase. They both do a lot of voices in, uh, or a fair amount of voices in Kingdom Hearts. Um, Oh, and a fun fact, I didn't even know this, but his Falcon does have a name. It does? It does. I thought it was just just the Falcon. I did not know this, but no, apparently his name is Hayabusa. Huh. I know. Yeah, the more you know. Rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Where was oh right um, but yeah so they 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 jump in and try to attack Mushu obviously like slithers up into Mulan's armor because what's he gonna do in a fight right <laughs> um, there's no fireworks here he can't arm himself I know um, he like pokes his head out though and they're like oh hey Mushu or, or we didn't re- or we recognize you or something like I forget exactly what they say it's been like a year and a half since I watched the video um, and he's like yeah well you better hope I recognize you or else you're you're Sora, Donald, Goofy. Hey, guys. <laughs> and Mulan's just sitting in the background like, you know these dudes? <laughs> and this this is where they, like, officially make a canon, all of the summons and stuff. He remembers the events of the first game. He says that they used to kick all kinds of bad guy butt together. Mm-hmm. And Sora's like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> and so, they ask Mulan, you know, how do you know Mushu? And she's like, Mushu is one of my family's guardians. And uh, they're like, oh, we didn't know we were borrowing someone as important as a family guardian. Sorry about that. He felt and Mushu. Hester George Takai into it. I know, right? <laughs> God, I forgot about that. Right. Um, Mushu uh, basically, like, it doesn't even tell them about her being Mulan, just introduces her as Ping. And he's like, you know what, to make it up to me, you can help Ping here fit in with the army. And um, either Sora or Sora, I think, is like, why would you need help fitting in? And Goofy in the background is like, you're pretending to be a boy, aren't you? <laughs> Freaking Mulan's just like, oh, you er, Mulan's just like, yeah, OK. And like Donald and Sora apparently had no idea. And they are shook. Like Sora's like, you're a girl. <laughs> She's like, you guys really couldn't tell. She's like, she turns to Mushu, I think my disguise is working. And Mushu's like, I don't know, those two would fall for anything. (laughs) Which, yeah, no, to be fair, Donald and Sora, the dumb ones in the group, somehow. Um, (laughs) um, One thing that I, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later on uh, when it becomes a little more relevant. But one thing that I really like is Ping sucks in a fight. Um, Like Mulan 
She she moves awkwardly. She keeps falling down. Uh, she has like no abilities that she can really use. Um, it's, to be fair, anybody that's seen the original movie, this would not be a surprise to. Yeah, no, exactly. It's a really neat little attention to detail thing that they put in with it. Which, and again, I'll talk about it more later on when she stops being ping and goes back to being Mulan because they like make her a lot better in a fight after that. <laughs> when she stops um, sucking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, boys rule. <laughs> don't die oh my god oh 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 geez okay um are you okay uh i'm seeing spots okay you're supposed okay. to tell me not to die not the other way around Oof. okay not okay i'm gonna work tomorrow that uh, easy. i know right um but they <laughs> God. They, so they head to the camp. Um, this is where we meet uh, Yao, Ling, and Tian Po, um, because Sora and Donald are trying to, you know, they're queuing up in line. Doobie's kind of hanging back, uh, standing next to Mulan, because she's still walking in all nervous. Friggin', Chien, or friggin Yao, like, shoves Sora out of the way and cuts in line in front of him. And then Ling just immediately gets in line behind him. Jian Po, I think, didn't even notice them, because he's just like, I wonder what's for lunch today. And the, I know, right? The five of them immediately get in a fight, and and Sora's like, and Sora says, I forget what Sora says, but it's also about food, and um, because well, because Yao responds knuckle sandwiches, and then punches Sora directly in the eye. How? Yeah, like not not him getting attacked by like a magical being or a bunch of heartless no just a regular human man punching him in the face <laughs> and sora oh is God. so offended he does not approve of this um <laughs> like they but yeah like sora does not approve yeah no they but they're sitting there they're fighting for like a solid few seconds until mulan like is in the background like guys guys stop stop hey stop and she just uh shouts please and Ling's like, please, and Yao goes, what a girl. And Sora's like, whose side are you on? I just got slugged. But she tells him, you know what, we should we should get in line, guys. Come on. And uh this is when this is when Shang shows up and is like, what are you idiots doing? And uh, I forget who I think Sora is still like mad and trying to say he hit me or he cut in line, and Shang's like, I genuinely do not fucking care. Everybody behave yourselves. Right. <laughs> And um but uh but pretty much like immediately though, Heartless attacked the camp. So they all gotta fight him off, obviously. Um afterward. Oh, yeah, this is where uh we do get um a new Heartless in there that I had posted about called the Nightwalker. Um, um let me you said there was a picture about Ooh, okay. No, you do I do see this Ooh, which one of the Heartless was he? It was the the purple one with like a thing on his face. Okay, to be fair, that's like 70% of the Heartless. Yeah, the, I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> hang, hang on. Okay, look, there's Land of Dragons. There's the, oh, the Moogle that looks like he's holding the IHOP balloon. Oh, yeah. Is it I the, forgot oh, to talk about the Moogle this time. Is it the one that looks like the, it looks like he's got a post-it attached to his face? Yes. The one that looks like he honestly should be more in Aladdin. I can kind of see that. Like it, I can it, see it this one like sort of going either like way. This turban and everything, it looks more like, Aladdin. but okay, yeah, post-it note, dude, I see him. Yeah, because it's that's supposed to be one of those like talismans to like ward off demons or something. Right. I think. But it they just like instead of yeah, they just put the heartless symbol on it instead of like any kind of like incantation characters. Right. Um, 
But uh, basically, after after the fight, um, Shang is like, "Well, you weird kid who's not dressed like a Chinese person at all, you were pretty good. You normal looking soldier guy over here, you suck." And he tells Ping to pack it up and go home. And Ping's like, "What? But my family, my honor." And he's like, "You would rather dishonor my troops?" And she's like, "Ah, but uh, uh, mm, no, but like, um, <laughs> please." <laughs> Please let me stay. <laughs> and um, this is where Sora is like, you know, Ping is just new. Give him some time. Let us, you know, just let him let him prove to you, prove his worth to you. And so Shang's like, all right, fine. I'll give you some easy missions to do, and we'll see how how everything goes. And so he gives you like three different missions. They all basically amount to like scouting out different areas, looking for those monsters, as he puts it. Because it's not like he fucking knows what heartless are. Um, this is where it introduces probably the dumbest mechanic in the morale gauge, which I fucking hate because it's basically an extra health bar that is just constantly going down. Oh, fuck um, yeah. So the heartless in, in these little like missions will drop these little orbs that honestly look kind of neat. They're little like glowing. I think they're orange, orange or yellow. And they've got like a dragon face in there. In emblem on them to you know kind of fit in with the area they look they do look kind of neat but so you got to run around and keep picking those up so that the morale gauge won't fall but it will also drop every time you get hit and i i hate it because if you're not keeping an eye on it you can honestly lose these missions just because you let the morale gauge run out and it's stupid <sighs> anyway i mean it's not hard to yeah, I mean, like, it's not hard, hard to keep up with. You just got to actually pay attention and make sure that you are keeping up with it. It's just a hassle because now it's one more thing you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, so you do, like, a few different uh, a few different missions and things. Like, okay, yeah, this pink kid's looking all right. Um, I'll, I tell you what, I'll give you guys one more big mission and this will really be what decides it. Scout out the, the whole path up to the summit because that's the next place that we're going to make camp. And so it's like, okay, cool, we'll go do that. And this is where, <laughs> this is where it introduces that second heartless, the big centaur dude. Uh, he's called Am the I assault like? rider. Yeah, he's a real neat. Uh, that spear of his, he's got a bunch of attacks that he'll do with it. Where either a he'll just like charge at you with it, or just do a single thrust. Or he's got this one where if you're like standing in front of him, which of course I always am because I was trying to hit him, he'll spin it around really fast for a while, and it'll just like stun lock you for a minute and then send you flying because it does like not that it does a ton of damage but because it's like a heavier attack basically see his um, design though like i love his design he looks really yeah, cool but also the way like his staff and something about the design of his tail he looks like he could also be from like the olympus world yeah like he could be like one of hades little minion dudes yeah no it's it's pretty neat um i like it but this one, since it is an official mission from Shang, you do have the morale gauge again, which I fucking hate, but whatever. Uh, one thing that is kind of fun about this part is, and there aren't a lot of these, it's like, I think two or three. Uh, there will be these big rock walls basically blocking off sections of it that you have to block up and use a reaction command. Mm-hmm. And so the little, like, move that Sora will do, he'll sit there and, like, hit it a bunch of times with the keyblade, and then just kind of, like, rear back and slam into it and just shatter the entire wall and it's really fun <laughs> it's like this little this tiny little anime boy just destroyed an entire wall of uh, wall of rocks um i mean it is anime exactly 
Uh, but yeah, they get to they get to the summit. Um, this basically replaces what would have been a, ma- a woman worth fighting for, more or less, in terms of like if her just following along with uh, the plot of the movie. Right. Um, again, they have to make a they make like a joke about Mulan pretending to be a guy, and that Ling calls her a man among men, and it's like ha ha. And Mulan gets this awkward look on her face because she's like ha ha, yes, man. Mm. Totally, we are men, men, manly men. <laughs> we roam around the forest looking for fights. God, okay. Um, Are you sure you're okay? Yeah, no, I was, I got, you saying men, men, manly men made me think of friggin' men in tights. Um, exactly. Yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> God, I haven't seen that forever. Anyway. I've actually seen that, I just know the meme. That's fair. Uh, I mean, it's we, were, we were already prone to busting out into Monty Python lines in the middle of the hallway, but also she and another one of our friends would just randomly bust out into men, men, manly men, because we were at an all-girls high school. Nice, fair. No, yeah, it's Mel Brooks, so it's, it's like, pretty much everything Mel Brooks does is also pretty good. Um, right. Anyway, anyway, uh, so at the, at the village, um, Mushu, like, tells Mulan and the gang that he's... He, that he saw someone going into a cave nearby, and he's pretty sure it's Shan Yu. And they're like, oh, well, dang, we should go tell Shang then. And he's like, no, no, what we're going to do is we're going to scout it out. That way we can capture him, and it'll be like Mulan, and it'll be like my boy Ping here captured him all on his own. I and he'll, no and then he'll have to go wrong. wrong. Do what? I see no way that this could possibly go wrong. Yeah, right? How could this possibly mess up? Um, and... <laughs> Just because they didn't, and in fairness to the game, I can see why they did this, but just because they didn't want to make this, like, too big of an area, when he says the cave is right outside of town, it's literally, you walk outside the little wall around the village, and the cave is right there immediately on your right. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, again, I see why they did it, so they didn't have to, like, make you go all over the place or anything like that, it's just really fucking funny. Right. Um, but... Obviously, it turns out to be a trap. Um, Sora and Mulan are th- the game. This game does this in a in a good handful of places where it will specifically set it so that you're fighting something that Sora has to fight with that world's like companion character that that I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one it traps you in like uh, the, in that cave. Donald and Goofy like had started to walk away and then an invisible barrier like drops and now they can't get to you basically uh you gotta fight like a handful of heartless it's not too bad the hardest part of it quote unquote is there's a part where they're like two assault rider guys and it's kind of a small space so you have to like be sort of careful not to constantly run into one of them but like i said it's not that bad um they get out of it though and in the like five minutes that it took for all of this to happen Shan Yu showed up and burned down that entire village. It's movie logic, that's yeah. why. Uh, yeah, basically. Um, but <laughs> but what's kind of re- like Shane, it's this is another one of those things where like Shane looks is like acting like he's hurt, but because they didn't want to make a separate model for this that actually has a wound, he's not visibly hurt anywhere. He's just like clutching himself and being like, ah, oh god, I'm in so much pain. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he basically, he says, like, he, he's the one that basically tells them Shan Yu showed up, um, and, and attacked, they, um, weren't able to fight him off very easily because he got the jump on them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tian Po mentions that, like, his falcon captured some of them, which, like, okay. 
How strong is this fucking falcon? <laughs> right? Like, dude, like, we see him get turned into, like, the size of a rotisserie plucked chicken when Mushu fries him in the movie. <laughs> How the fuck strong is he now? But yet this bird can also apparently pick up a full sword, as we see yeah. at 1.2 in the actual movie. Yeah. And during the San Yu boss fight uh, toward the end, um, or at the end of this level, like, that's part of that's part of it, is that the falcon is flying around, and sometimes he'll just grab Sora and, like, carry him off a little bit and then drop him just to mess with you, and it's like, why are you here? Why are you doing this? What the fuck is in that bird feed? I know! <laughs> Steroids, apparently. Jeez. I guess. Strongest falcon in all the land. Uh, God. Um, but Shang tells them that, uh, that Shen Yu went up toward the summit, so this is where, you know, we're obviously leading into the avalanche thing. Um, this is where we get the, the you know, other two Heartless that I posted, the Rapid Thruster, which is a hell of a name, and, uh, the Bolt Tower, which, the Bolt Tower is actually sort of interesting, because it's the only one that I really know of that actually has a different design when it's here versus showing up in other worlds, which is kind of cool. Um, the, the picture that I have in there of, the, uh, of it for the Anthem Report, uh, the one on the right is how it looks when it's here in Land of Dragons, and then the one on the left is how it looks for anywhere else that it shows up, which, I kind of like I said, better. yeah, it's a, it's a little bit neater. But I just think that's kind of cool, because it's the only one I can really think of off the top of my head that really does that. Like, Right. I mean, so, like, every everything will have kind of that, like, that new texture to them when they show up in Halloween Town. Um, there's a Tron world later on, and, like, everything kind of gets that, like, Tron feel to it. But, like, this is the only one that I know of that specifically has a different design for its home world versus being somewhere else. So that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, they do a thing where you've got to... <laughs> it sets it up as, like, you have a two-minute timer, and it's like, fight as many of them as you can, because it's technically infinite, so you just have to keep fighting and fighting and fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, it's not that hard. The rapid thrusters are small and pretty easy to defeat. Uh, there's a reaction command you can get with them that's pretty cool, where it's like, it's called speed trap, so like Sora will, I think he like grabs one of them or something, and like spins around, and like the vortex of him doing that pulls a bunch of them in, then they all just slam into each other. Because these things pretty much only show up in swarms. Mm-hmm. There is, there's actually a point, a point in one of the spot in one of the other worlds where once you complete that world storyline, uh, it, like half the time that you go into this area, it will literally be, I think, almost an infinite, infinite number of them. And you can really use that as a way of like building up a lot of, or grinding a lot of experience really fast. So that's kind of cool. Um, Anyway, though, uh, th- this scene obviously er, ends with them redoing the uh, the firework thing, uh, where um, friggin' <laughs> Yao and Ling and I think Chen Po's there. I forget. Uh, bring one, I guess, just from the village because it's not like they were there with you to, uh, when this whole thing started, and they try to like shoot it at Chen Yu. Uh, but Mulan grabs it and instead aims it up at the top of the mountain with uh, and uses Mushu to light it, and he goes flying off with it. Um, what kind of pisses me off, though, is after the avalanche, you know how in in the movie, this is where they find out that Mulan's a girl because, like, she gets hurt, but, like, res- she rescues um, Shang, but ends up getting hurt in the process, and, like, the doctor 
like discovers while he's examining her because he I mean it's their sort ass. of unavoidable at that point. He pulls her out and throws her in the snow. Yeah, that whole thing. Instead, what happens here is they pretty much all like they all get like kind of half buried in the snow. So there's this scene of everyone getting stuck and having to kind of dig themselves out real quick. Mm-hmm. But what happens here to blow her disguise is just that Mushu is, like, complaining and wanting to go home. And he's like, Mulan, come on, girl. And, like, Shang happens to be standing nearby. And he's like, girl? <laughs> you were a girl this whole time? Like, wait, what? And it's like, yeah, and it's like, y'all could have found a different way to do this, I bet. But, whatever. Wait. But so he still does the thing where it's like, um, you saved my life, so I won't actually put you to death, but I am going to strand you out here. Good luck. And then friggin' Shang and his dudes just turn around and decide, I guess that they're going to walk back home. Because nobody actually has any horses in this version of it, so they're, I guess, just walking on foot. So, like, fucking good luck with that. Um... But, uh, but so this is where, uh, Mulan, like, drops all of the armor. She saws her sword, because that was, you know, her family sword, obviously. Uh, and so this is where, what I, uh, what I really like, because obviously, uh, Shan Yu survives, and he's heading toward the Imperial City, too, so they're like, oh, god, we gotta go tell the Emperor and Shang. So that's, like, the next thing that you're doing. Um, so, but this is where, um... I just, I really like it because Mulan is a lot better in a fight. Now that she's herself, she moves a lot quicker. Like, she, she'll just kind of dart around and, like, stab people and then keep going, basically. Well, uh, she's got. about it, one of the things, that could actually make sense because we don't, obviously, we don't know, like, exactly what kind of technology they have. But you would assume, you know, she had to wear bandages. So, basically, she had to wear a binder. Yeah. Which would have, like, it's, you know, kind of like a more restrictive corset, which does, because I've worn those before, they do restrict your movement and how well you can move, so if she's able to finally take that off, it would make sense that she could run around and be a lot more agile. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I really like them <laughs> doing this, though. It's a really good attention to <laughs> It's a really good detail to add to it, because, like, I don't remember exactly what all of her abilities are, but she actually has, like, the full set of, like, abilities that most companions will have, like, so some stuff they can actually, like, help out with fighting and healing you in the field, stuff like that. Um, she doesn't fall down anymore, which is cool. She finally gets her limit command. Um, one thing they'll do is, and I'll, so I'll talk about it for everybody, is all of the, like, world companions have got a limit attack thing that they can do with Sora. Um, there's one that Sora, Donald, and Goofy will get later on called Trinity, which... I think they get after like I think they get after like the third world the the last one in this little cluster I think if I remember it is when they get it I made a note of it so we'll talk about it then um Mulan's like what she'll do is she and Sora both will start like darting around with like covered in fire and just like start slamming into enemies and just zooming around back and forth and all over the place and like it'll and it's so funny because every time They'll basically, like, alternate attacks. Like, Sora will jump out and attack, and then Mulan will. That's kind of how all of these work, is it'll be Sora than the other person. And <laughs> as Mulan is, like, jumping out to attack, like, half the time you'll hear her shouting, For China! <laughs> <laughs> but, and then, it'll, no, and then it'll end with, like, her tossing Mushu up in the air, and him just, like, spitting a ton of fireballs up that then, like, rain down around, like, to hit any enemies that are still around. It's real neat. I actually really like the limit commands or the limit attacks in uh, in this game. It's really cool. Um, 
that said, obviously, you know, they get to the Imperial City, and Shang's like, why should I listen to you? <laughs> she doesn't even really have to, like, convince him. She just points, and Shan Yu is, like, right fucking there, just on top of her roof, and he's like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah. And this is where, like, three of his dudes that are, like, super tired from having to walk just turn into Heartless because they've just given up. <laughs> In, like, one of the funniest fucking scenes in this entire game, I swear to God. Um, so basically, like, uh, they tell Shang, you know, you go protect the Emperor from Shan Yu, we'll hold off, we'll fight the Heartless here, and then we'll catch up. And he's like, okay, cool, whatever, and takes off. Uh, so you fight, like, a bunch of Heartless, and it doesn't take very long, obviously. Um, yeah, no, okay, so, um... Once you are done fighting the Heartless, it gets to that scene where, like, Shan Yu is basically, like, holding his sword up and threatening the Emperor and trying to tell him to bow. And fucking Shang jumps in from off screen and punches him in the face, grabs the Emperor, and runs inside. <laughs> it's really, it's really funny to just watch him go, bam, and knock Shan Yu's giant ass over. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so now it's boss fight time. Um, you're fighting Shan Yu, and also he'll have, like, some Heartless... Uh, basically, the way it's set up is you're fighting Shan Yu, obviously, and he's got Heartless that will, like, fucking kamikaze themselves to, like, appear and slam into the, like, big gate door thing trying to bust it open. So, kind of similar to the morale gauge, but this one makes a little bit more sense, is that you'll have, like, an extra timer thing up at the the corner of the screen showing you, like, how much health the, the gates themselves have. And if I remember right, I think there's a thing that you can... I think there's a move that you can use to, like, stun Shan Yu. And, uh, like, that will drop some orbs that you can pick up to kind of restore some some health to it. But I might be thinking of something else. I'm pretty sure. I should have rewatched this fight. Doesn't matter. Um, one thing that can happen here... And I'll talk about this. Right, it's something that, that can happen on, like, a handful of different boss fights throughout the game. So I'll point it out whenever we're at one of those is if you if you manage to die in this fight um instead of the usual like start over option on the game over screen you'll have an option that says i won't give up <laughs> and if you select that one fucking mickey mouse will jump in from out of nowhere to fight uh, so that you can start playing as mickey for a few minutes to fight um you know whichever boss it is that you're fighting at the time and um he's got yeah he's got a like, basically, so you can fight... You can't finish the enemy off as him. Obviously, it's still got to be done as Sora. But, um... So you can fight them off uh, a little bit and actually do some damage to him. But the main thing that he's there for is uh, this little charge-up thing that he'll do. So that uh, he can basically just charge up a healing spell to, like, make Sora... To get Sora back into the fight. And then he'll leave... <laughs> So I don't know if Sora is ever supposed to know that any of, any of this is happening or not because he's always just knocked out whenever it does. Also, they never Yeah. I mean, also they never comment on it all obviously, so it's like up in the air whether Sora actually knows any of this is happening or not. It doesn't really matter. Um I just think it's a really fun uh thing that they did uh for this game. I have got one fight in this game which I will talk about when we get to that uh, is like the only time that I've ever actually had to use the getting saved by Mickey thing because it's the fight that just inevitably always kicks my ass, <sighs> and I hate I hate that that one fight in particular. But we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, 
Uh, basically, though, after the fight, um, <laughs> fucking um, <laughs> Mushu starts going, Mulong's the best! Mulong's the best! No, wait, I'm the best! Mushu's the best! And, like, he lets slip, and he's, he's like, man, they'll have to let me be an official guardian now, and Goofy's like, hey, I thought you already were a guardian. He's like, hey, don't, don't, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. That's stri- uh, strictly for us guardians to know about. <laughs> They're like, yeah, dude, whatever. Right. And then it does the whole, like, thing from the movie where um, the Emperor's like, you stole your father's armor, disgraced my army, blah, 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 blah. And uh, and also, you have saved all of China. And so he, like, gives Mulan Sanyu's sword so that the world will know what you have done for China. Um, Shang tries to say something like, you you fought well, or something like that. Yeah, this is where we like- find out that the... Yeah, this is where we find out that the Emperor ships them because he's basically like, Captain Shang, you're going to have to be much more eloquent if you want to win the heart of China's bravest woman or something like that. And he's like, oh, oh. Mandarin uh, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the flower that blooms in the face of adversity is the most rare of them all. Sir, you don't meet a girl like that every dynasty. I know, I love it. It's a very good line. That Marita um, did that perfectly. Oh god, that's right. That is him. I think they got him back for the game too. Um, I, but I, so yeah, if, I think we looked that up at some point. Yeah. Um, but so if you remember the whole big like light show thing that happened at the end of Hollow Bastion for them opening up a new route, uh, Shan Yu's sword is the token that sets that off. So that happens. Um, everyone's like, "What the hell was that?" And he's like, "Oh, that means it's time for us to go." But don't worry, we'll come back and visit. It's fine. And, and freaking even Sora tells or looks over at um, Shang and Mulan. He's like, "You two play nice now." And Mulan just kind of like blushes and brushes her hair back, like, "No." And Shang Yu's like, "Hey, hey, hey, watch it, soldier." <laughs> like, Dude, calm down. We do a whole other match, which we will unfortunately have to watch at some point whenever we get to Mulan too. Yeah. Right. Oh God, that's right. Um, but this is where we we get a, a new Keyblade. It's called Hidden Dragon. Uh. It's the one, obviously, the last one there for the Mulan stuff in uh, the Ansem reports. Uh, the ability attached to it is called MP Rage. It restores MP relative to the amount of damage that you take. So if you're using a lot of magic, if you're favoring a lot of magic, it's one that helps out. Uh, I don't think I ever really used this Keyblade very much, just because its stats are more or less on par with the Kingdom Key. So I don't think I ever really switched out for it. It's so um, cool. Yeah, it does look neat. Um, it's, uh, if I remember right, when you, whenever you hit stuff, I think it gets, like, these puffs of smoke, supposed to be, like, sparks of flame starting from it, which are kind of cool. I mean, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting by looking at it, because the actual key part of it looks like flames or, like, fireworks, so. Yeah. Um, so, heading on to the next world, which is Beast Castle, the gummy route for it is called Stardust Sweep, and it's another one where, like, I mean, it, it's it's here. It's happening. I uh, don't really have anything specific to talk about. Do what? How many times is the Beast Castle going to keep... For- they forget the damn Aesop every time. The what? Their Aesop, their lesson, their little fable. It's like... Oh, oh. Yeah, right. This this whole part is... It's sort of... We have a question that talks about it, so I'll get more into it then. But this sort of bugs me with, like, what we saw of Beast and Bell from Kingdom Hearts 1 versus how 
like they're acting now. Although, I mean, there is kind of a reason for it. It just, I don't know, it just sort of bugs me a little bit. Um, they they walk into the castle, though, and immediately have no manners. There's nobody around, so it's not like they're shit-talking the castle to be space. But they're basically just walking in like, wow, this place is empty and gloomy and dirty. This place sucks. <laughs> <laughs> And they they see a heartless go off into a little side room, which is called the parlor, which is, I don't know, I've never actually been in a parlor, I guess, where you sit down and have a smoke. I don't fucking know. what par- Whatever people do in parlors. Um, Light a cigar, talk you, about dead poets, I don't know. Yeah, uh, for some reason, the Enchanted Rose isn't here instead of being up in Beast's room. I don't know who the fuck would have done that, because Beast sure the hell didn't. Um, but you do fight a few heartless in here. Uh, it's, they're just the basic little shadows, and for some reason, like, when it comes out of the fight, Donald's like, it's hopeless, someone help us, and Beast, like, bursts in, pays no attention to Sora and the others, actually just backhands them across the room, uh, grabs the rose, and, like, stomps off back out of the room, so this is where I'm like, who the hell moved it? Because obviously he didn't, or else he wouldn't be all mad. (laughs) Although... Actually saying that, I guess I do kind of have an idea who it was, but we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> um, but, like, so they, they follow Beast out of the out of the room, not, like, right with him, obviously, because he's stomping off. So basically, they go out to be like, what's going on? And um, Donald says he's pretty sure he saw a woman at the top of the stairs. And they're like, well, if that was the Beast, then that would mean the woman must have been Belle. Hey, let's go say hi to Belle. <laughs> Oh no! And basically, so um, you get and you get a new heartless here. It's the hook bat. It's that little bat one in there. Um, the reaction command for it is actually really cool. Uh, basically, the hook that's hanging down from it, Sora will like grab one by that hook and just start swinging it around like it's a sword and slamming it into stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, so yeah, running out of breath. <laughs> well, don't do that, please. Uh, yeah, right. Um, you, you get to Belle's room, uh, Donald, the door is, like, closed, so Donald, like, tries to slam it open, and it does that thing that I always love, where right as he's about to do that, whoever's on the other side of the door just opens it, so he ends up, like, running in and falling on his ass. <laughs> and <laughs> Belle, like... Lady bedroom. I, I know. Belle, like, scoops him up and gives him just the biggest hug, because she's so happy to see all of them, because, like... She thought they were pretty cool, and it's like, and like they've been gone for a fucking year. So she was like, "You guys are back. What's up?" And she's just like, not even meaning to, just choking the shit out of Donald. So throughout the next like bit of conversation, he's just sitting there like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> but um, she ends up setting Donald down so he doesn't die, which is good, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, but me. Basically, they tell her, like, hey, we ran into the Beast, and he seemed pretty mad, and she's like, yeah, he's been acting really weird lately, I'm not sure what's up, and, like, doesn't directly say that he locked, no, she tells him that he locked all the servants up, and, um, they're like, wow, that's, that sucks, we should go get them out, and she's like, yeah, go do that, I guess, um, I'm really worried about them, the dungeon is no place for a clock, and they're like, even though he's a fucking clock. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, like, being damned and stuff can mess with the mechanisms, but also they're like, what? (laughs) No, no, that's not... No, wait, I don't think that's Bell that says that. I think that's someone else that says that a little bit later on. Doesn't fucking matter. 
the point is, um, you go to the dungeon so that you can find the servants. Um, for some baffling reason, uh, the doorway leading down into the dungeon is uh, blocked by that wardrobe lady who's just taking a nap here. I don't know why. I mean, you you randomly don't stick your wardrobes in front of doorways that you need to get through? Not the ones that are alive. I mean, that sounds like a you problem. But, well, it's like, also, she's sleeping, so I guess she was just wandering around and was like, yeah, this seems like a good place to take a nap. Or someone told her to guard the door. But, like, she's also worried about Cogsworth and the others, so I don't think that she would be guarding the door on purpose. So, I don't know. The point is, you have to do this stupid little reaction command thing where you gotta keep pressing triangle and then stop pressing it when you see her starting to wake up. Otherwise, she'll, like, thrash about a little bit. Not, like, attacking, but just kind of, like, going, huh, what's going on? Why am I That kind of thing. And she'll, like, scoot back over and you gotta start over again. Um, when you, when you do get it, that's when it wakes her up, though. So I feel like you could have just woken her up and been like, hey, can you move, please? Um, she will, like, she, like, starts to tell them about the curse. Uh, <laughs> basically, she says it was on on a dark night a long time ago. And they're like, yeah. And she's like, that's all you're going to get from me from now. Go, I'll tell you the rest after you rescue my friends. And it's like, mean. <laughs> but she's the one that says, hurry, the dungeon is no place for a clock. And they're like, huh? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'll tell you about it later. Um, well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is where um, you get um, a new heartless called uh, the Possessor. It's this little smoky ball dude. Uh, technically, this is kind of like a, the next one is, I guess, kind of a sub-heartless, you could say. Um, basically, for whatever fucking reason, the door into, like, the actual dungeon room has, like, these two big monster things, like, carved onto it. And so a possessor flies up and possesses them, and so now this is a new enemy called the Thresholder. And it's like, I don't know what the point of this whole thing is. Why do you have this on your door? Because they're they're already there. It's not like a heartless made them or anything. Like these two big things are already carved into it. The threshold or the possessor just like makes them alive now. Right. I don't know. Uh, this is another one of the fights apparently where Mickey can come like help you if you die, and it's like, oh, who's dying at this fight? Does Mickey not? It's do annoying, it, like, all but it's the not fights, only on certain ones. Yeah, it's like I think like ten or so certain ones. Yeah, I mean, like again, I'll point them out when. When we get to one of them, um, Nico, uh, Nico B, the last player that we're watching, actually did die on one of the ones in the next world. So I'll actually like show you a picture of him like diving in for it. <laughs> it's, it's just so ridiculous. Mickey diving in with Sora passed out in the background. Um, but so this is where uh, they, you know, you fight that that heartless off. You go inside, meet Cogsworth and the others. Uh, this is where they they actually do tell them about, you know, there was one night an enchantress showed up and she put a curse on the prince and turned him into a beast and she turned all of us into stuff. Um, really sucks. We, but, you know, I mean, at this point, we're kind of used to it, so it's whatever, I guess. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, so they, they tell uh, Sora, you know, we gotta get back over to the beast because everyone's worried about him because he's acting weird. Um, we can't just go directly to him but because we're down here in the dungeon but there's like a sideway that we know of through an area called the undercroft which is kind of like a little like catacomb area sort of connecting the dungeon back to the main part of the castle 
I don't know if this is a thing or if they just made it up for the game, but I don't know fuck about shit about castles. Um, I'm going to just believe them that this is a thing that, that happens. Uh, what I don't like, though, is there's this stupid-ass challenge where um, this room is sealed off because there are, like, four or five of these big-ass lantern things that have had their regular flames put out and instead have a flame of darkness dun, dun, making dun. them... Yeah, like, it's not like it made them evil so that they're attacking. It's more just the door is locked until you can put that flame, the dark flame out and light them regularly. Mm-hmm. So what you've got to do is Cogsworth will jump up and, like, because there's a crank that you got to turn to lower all of them. So he'll jump up, turn that crank, and then hang there but he's just a tiny little clock man, so he can only stay on it for like thirty seconds to a minute. Your time frame is your time limit is somewhere in that window, right? Uh, and you've got to get Lumiere and Mrs. Potts to follow you to each one of the torches in turn. But of course, they're very small and they just hop, so it takes them forever. You literally end up having time to do like. One torch, then you got to go back to Cogsworth. Then another torch, then go back to Cogsworth. Because um, what you got to do, because um, because what you got to do is whenever Cogsworth falls off, you've got to go back over to him and literally have Mrs. Potts pour him some tea so he starts to feel better, so that he can hop back up on the crank and start this whole thing over again. Luckily, any that you've already fixed will stay down. So like. You don't have to completely start over each time. It's just it's still yeah, annoying, still. though. Right. Yeah. Um. So and so, what you got to do? It's this whole little thing where um, Sora will use the power of light at the same time that Mrs. Potts sprinkles some tea on the flame, so it will go out. And then Lumiere will, since he actually just has fire on his hands, will like light the torch regularly. And you got to do that at, like, each of them so that the door will finally unlock and you can leave this area. I hate doing this because it's fucking annoying and it takes for damn ever. <laughs> but but we finally get out of it. And um, we have um, a new, two new types of Heartless, which, again, I guess you could kind of almost call sub-Heartless because it's basically uh, possessors, like, possessing some of the statues that are in the ho- in the castle. Um, there is the Gargoyle Warrior and the Gargoyle Knight, and, uh, so you can either, A, just fight them regularly until they die, obviously, or, uh, sometimes if you get them low on health, uh, they'll have a reaction command pop up, where Sora will, like, basically use the power of the Keyblade to, like, push the Possessor out of them, and then the statue still crumbles, which is stupid, I wish it just kind of, like, stayed in place or fell over, (laughs) but... But, you know, then they'd have to deal with, like, Yeah, well, I mean, I get why they didn't, because now you, because if they did, you'd now have to deal with a statue possibly, like, blocking your path, so it's just easier to have them crumble. But, you know, whatever. Um, the, the result is the same. Either you beat them up until they die, or you push the possessor out of them and they die, so it's whatever. Um, they, they get into, uh, the beast's room. And this is where the dude uh, from Organization 13 uh, that has the spears, that I can now finally tell you his name because we get his name after this cutscene. His name is Zaldin. This is the one that you said sounds like a sleep medicine. which It does. And I stand by that statement. I remember that. Yeah. I stand by that statement. Um, 
So basically, he's been pulling like some Jedi mind tricks and telling the Beast that like Bell is conspiring against him and she wants to like take everything away from him and I think ultimately kill him is what he's trying to make the Beast think or something like that. So mm-hmm. Beast needs to just disregard his friends and only rely on his anger and only listen to him, Zaldan, obviously. And um, so that so basically that's why he's been you know acting like an asshole and locking everybody up and stuff like that is because he's being manipulated. Um, <laughs> fucking Sora again, not recognizing authority, walks into the room and is just like, "Hey, Prince." <laughs> All right, because. Because Cogsworth, you know, as proper as he is, he still walks in and, like, bows a little bit, and he's like, hello, master, that kind of thing. And Sora's right. just like, yo. And um, so, of course, Beast is all, like, blinded by rage, so he tries to fight you. This one is actually sort of a neat mechanic that they have for this fight, where um, once you weaken him enough, there will be um, a reaction command for Cogsworth to basically make his alarm go off to try mm-hmm. to, like, wake the Beast up, basically. So that's kind of cool. Uh, once you finally do, the beast obviously feels like shit because he's like, oh, crap, I've been hurting everyone and I locked my friends up. What's going on? Again. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this is where he tells them um, that guy, Zaldan, was lying to me and telling me, you know, making me see like so that all I could see was my anger. And like he he will spend the rest of this game mad at like just furious at Zaldan and never wanting to see this guy again. He basically puts Zaldan on the if I see you, I will murder you list. Which, yeah, you know what? Fair. Because I would too. Um, But yeah, so this is where Beast joins the party. Um, <laughs> the limit thing that you have with him, um, it's a combination of him and Sora just lunging at people and also just howling slash growling at them. And the the final attack for it is like Beast will kind of like square up and puff his chest out, pat Sora on the shoulder, and they'll both just do like a really big growl, and it like sends a shockwave out to like just blast any enemies that are nearby. <laughs> it's all again, all of these limits and limits are really cool to actually like watch. This one's just kind of ridiculous because they're both just like, Rawr! which in fairness makes sense for the Beast. This <laughs> is just funny. Um, uh, da, 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 da. but they go to, they go to Belle's room because Beast wants to apologize, but she's not there. Uh, the wardrobe kind of guilt trips him a little bit, which, yeah, in fairness, um, this is where we find out that she has gone to the ballroom and <laughs> I forget if the wardrobe tells them that, but I know when they get back out to being like in kind of the main entrance hall or whatever, you just hear Be- Belle shout, Beast, help, I'm in the ballroom. And it's like, oh. I guess that's where she is. <laughs> um, but you go into the ballroom and like Bell immediately, like, cause there's also kind of like a little veranda thing, I guess, outside of it. Um, so she like unlocks the, the door out to that runs outside and locks it behind her so that like the enemies that she was running from can't get to her. And so that the beast can fight them. Um, cause a locked horror will totally stop the forces of darkness. I mean, it does though, in fairness. So, okay. Bell knows what's up. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is where we have like a two-stage boss fight. Oh, crap, I forgot to mention um, one of my my favorite Heartless from this area. Um, while we were running around looking for Bell, we got a new Heartless called um, the, what was it, Lance Soldier? Lance Warrior? Hang on a sec. Lance Warrior. <laughs> this one! Oh, fucking, oh my god. Okay, um, so he's a little, like, 
army lo- or soldier looking dude or knight looking dude in there. Um, if you read the journal entries for him, basically his lance is alive and is the one that's in charge. So he's just like a dude kind of being like drug along for the ride, basically. That's kind of awesome. It is actually. What's even cooler is the reaction command for it. Basically, Sora will like. I can never. It always moves so fast that I can never tell if the little army, this, if the little like night guy gets dragged along for this, or if he just immediately dies. But Sora will grab the lance and it'll just start pulling him around. And I mean, obviously, you can kind of <laughs> control it, but um, so it'll just like ride around and slam into a bunch of other people, and then like shoot up for a second and then slam back down and like cause a little shockwave and destroy the lance. It's it's one of my fa- it's one of my favorite ones of these. It's it's ridiculous. That said though, um the boss fight is against this thing called the Dark Stalker, which is like or the Shadow Stalker, I'm sorry, Shadow Stalker, which is like the father of all of these possessors, basically. It's a really cool boss fight because since he is just a possessor but bigger and stronger he possesses the room itself, and he'll move to, like, different areas. So, like, when he's in the floor, you'll see his mouth, like, kind of following you around, trying to, like, jump up and bite you, basically. Uh, when he's in the the pillars, they will kind of act like clawed hands, almost, and just, like, lo- or, like go out, slam into the ground, and kind of drag along and try to, like, basically try to, like, spear you slash claw at you, pretty much. Um, it can also, like, possess the chandelier and make it, like, it'll fall and spin around and shoot freaking lasers out of it. It's, this is a really fun fight. Uh, the next stage is also really fun. Um, it's against, uh, one sec, what was his name? Darkthorn? Yeah, Darkthorn. Um, this one calls it Shadowstalker's liberated form, according to the, the wiki, which I guess means they're the same guy. Just, like, now he's mad? I don't know. Um, So, instead of, like, possessing stuff, he'll, like, basically run around. He can turn invisible uh, to hide from you. And also, he'll, like, run around and, like, just try to attack you from the different things. So, like, he will jump up and, like, pull the chandelier down and try to swing around on it to, like, slam into you. But there's a reaction command where you can actually knock him off and you do the same thing. So, like, you'll be sitting there swinging around from the chandelier. And, like, you can just catch him and swing around and, like, slam him into a wall. It's really neat. Um, This is another one of the fights where Mickey will jump in to save you. Uh, (laughs) If you die. So, I don't know why this world gets, like, three... Or gets, like, these two back-to-back like this. I don't think any of the other worlds do that, um, if I remember. But, um... Uh, after that fight, Zaldin shows up again. We don't get his face yet, so I can't show you what this dude looks like, but I can at least tell you his name. His name is uh, Zaldin, again, obviously. And he taunts everybody for a little bit and leaves, and basically is just like, don't worry, I'll be back to fuck with you later on. And Beast's like, boy, you better not! Watch and he's like, haha, I'm already gone. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, Pussy. Belle, like, um, comes back inside, and she's like, oh my god, I'm so glad you're all safe, and Belle, and Beast is just so sad and apologizing. He's like, Belle, can you ever forgive me? She's like, yes, of course I forget you, but forgive you, but you need to listen to me a little bit more. And he's like, I know. Hit the one in Kingdom Hearts 3, we're gonna be right the fuck back here again. No, they're not in Kingdom Hearts 3, so they're fine. They're canonically fine. 
Um, jumping ahead a lot of it, because, um, you know, the the games during the credits will kind of, like, show you a little post credit scene for, like, each of um, the characters from the different worlds. Yeah. Uh, I forget... I forget if he's still the beast or if they actually made a new model to have him in human form. But the the last shot is of like during the credits is of the two of them like dancing in the ballroom. So we don't see them anymore. They're fine. Okay. Yeah. Um. Granted, we do go to each world twice, so we have more story here to do. But and um. But this is where like while they're making up um. Lumiere, I think it is, tells them about like the rose is like the time limit on um on the curse, and if the beast can find love and be and be loved in return, then um then you know the spell will be broken. And so Sora's like, you think they've got a shot? And like, I think it's Mrs. Potts that chimes in and says, yeah, but basically, you know, the three of them, they're all pretty sure that that they'll make it. And Sora's like, man, I hope so. That would be cool. So it's like, hooray for that, I guess. What was the token on this world? I genuinely don't remember. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's the. This is what bugs me because normally the token that like does the whole light show so that you can leave is like something next to like nearby. Like it was the card, um, the Holobastian Restoration Committee card that Sora was holding. It was the Shen Yu sword that Mulan was holding a couple feet away. Uh, the rose is the token here, and it's in a different fucking room, like on the other side of the castle. So like. I don't even know how he knew it activated, but it does. So game take water. that, I guess. Yeah, basically. Um, like, I feel like they could have done like the chandelier or Beast himself. That would have been weird, actually. He'd he'd be the only character that was yeah that set it off. But you know, like they could they could have done something that's actually in the ballroom. But whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> mm, excuse me. Please don't die. Um. <laughs> we're not done recording yet we still have 30 minutes left jeez okay um but yeah so this is where they like they say their goodbyes for now Sora's like Sora kind of gives them a brief rundown of like what the organization is and what they're after you know since one of them has already been here and so basically tells them you know if you guys see anything else let me know and they agree but I don't know how they're gonna do that Sora they can't travel between worlds well I mean Beast apparently could once but how are they going to tell you what's going on, Sora? <laughs> I don't know. That's just always bugged me. Yes, yeah, Sora. <laughs> um, but this is where you finally get Cure, um, so you don't have to just rely on potions anymore. You can actually use magic to heal yourself, which is good. Or um, magic cure, experiences. Well, um, Cure will, no matter how much MP you have left, use whatever is left of your entire gauge, which... Um, Basically, it's fine because what um, what some people will do, like I did this a lot, um, is use other spells, and then when the gauge is like al- is like almost empty, go ahead and just use cure. That way, you can at least get a heal off, and it'll start the MP gauge refilling. Because in this one, it refills on its own. There's stuff to make it refill faster, but like it will just refill by itself if you run out. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but back in the gummy ship. Uh, it starts floating off by its, I mean, I say floating off by itself. They're, they're in it. So it's not like they're like, wait, shit, come back. (laughs) Well, hey, beast, can we move in? No, um, they, they get in the ship and it is floating off somewhere by itself. And they're like, yo, what's going on? Why are we moving? Uh, it goes back to Hollow Bastion. Um, 
They go to Merlin's house, and Merlin is laid out on the floor because some Heartless just kicked his ass. Um, they... Do they fight the Heartless? I think, no, they don't fight the Heartless. The cutscene just has a few of them like running out of his house, and they like go inside to be like, hey, yo, what's going on? Um, he, t- he says that he found Pooh's book in Zero District. I don't know what the fuck Zero District is supposed to be, but I guess it's part of Hollow Bastion. Um, and Nico... I guess <laughs> it's the wrong side of the tracks. Uh, Nico, Nico fucking dies here. He's just like, he started shouting. No, he put up like a fake error screen in the let's play. Like, you know, when YouTube doesn't load that little like icon, that it'll bring up where it's like, Oh, sorry. Couldn't load. He does like a fake one of those where it's like, sorry, the feed broke because Nico's brain exploded or something. like that. <laughs> Yeah, he was, I never watched his Kingdom Hearts 1 Let's Play, so I don't know how much uh, Winnie the Pooh pissed him off, but he is not happy. Oh. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, Merlin is like, I mean, I could have fought, fought, damn it. I could have fought the Heartless part. off. Shut up. Could have farted the Heartless off, even. I mean, that would end the yes, fight. It, it would, see? It works for Poopa. Um, it would kill off your allies, too. And he's alone. He's an old man. He's by himself. That's whatever. Um, he basically tries to tell them, like, you know, I could have fought them off, but I didn't want the book to get hurt, so I figured it was better to just let them, uh, kick my ass and then leave, and it's like, yeah, dude, uh-huh. I totally believe that. You got your ass kicked on by choice. You chose this. Sure. Uh, yeah, everybody here totally believes you. Yeah. Um, but, so, basically, though, he says that he's gonna go get... Uh, Leon, Yuffie, Sid, and Aerith, and tells them to just hang out here until he gets back. And Sora's like, fuck that, I want to go see my funny little bear friend. And, <laughs> and so immediately after Merlin leaves, he has Donald like hold the book open for him so he can jump into it. <laughs> and um, and he goes to Pooh's house, Pooh's sitting on his log thinking, because honestly, if he's not eating, I guess that's basically what he does with his spare time, is just hang out and go think, think, think. Um... They, you know, they share pleasantries. They greet each other for a minute. He's like, oh, hey, Sora, it's been a while, that kind of thing. Um, I assume that he probably forgot Sora for a year. That had to have been weird for him. Because, um, you know, everybody else did, if you remember. I mean, in fairness, um, he tells Sora he's about to start on his stoutness exercises and invites Sora to stay and do stoutness exercises with him. And he's, Sora's like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's been a while. I don't really know what stoutness exercises are. Um, we see him doing them later on, and it looks like he's just doing toe touches. So I guess that. It but but um, Pooh goes to hop off of the log that he's sitting on, and the entire world, obviously except for Sora, just freezes in place. And Sora's like, it, uh, this is probably not good. Not this shit um, again. He, I, he tries to like poke Pooh in the forehead, like, hey, Pooh, you okay? And like, as soon as he comes in contact with him, like, the screen just splashes to photo negative, and Sora gets shot out of the book. <laughs> and he, like, he lands on his ass on the floor of Merlin's house, and he's like, what's going on? What happened? <laughs> and, um, there are Heartless outside. Um, he sees a couple of them running off with the book, and like, you hear Donald shout for Sora to come help them. Um, you find some Heartless, you get the book back, obviously. It's all slashed up, the cover is cut, is all, like, ripped up now. What do they do to the book? 
well, as you can see from Donald holding it in that second picture in the Answer Report channel, they, like, took away everything except for Pooh's house. It hurts me. Yeah, dude. They don't do um, their books, especially not Pooh's book. I know. Um, so, yeah, so Sora's like, oh, shit, I gotta go check on Pooh. I gotta go check my poo. Uh, <laughs> um, damn it. <laughs> God, okay. Anyway, um, so Sora jumps jumps into the book, and he's like, uh, you know, I, I gotta go check on him, make sure he's okay. Basically, he comes back to the exact same scene that he saw before, with Pooh just sitting on his log thinking. And um, so he's like, oh, man, I'm so glad that you're okay. And Pooh's like, I'm glad that you're okay, too, somebody I don't know. And Sora's like, come again for Big Fudge? <laughs> yeah. Hold <the> <laughs> this up. is where, yeah, this is where, and I'm, I'm going to make it, I'm going to say it again because I'm kind of proud of it. Uh, this is where I made a GoTA joke last time because uh, now Sora's just somebody that he used to know, oh. and I called him Pooh-TA. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Bad. You're gross. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, Find something really horrible, like a really bad meme, and send it to you. Yeah, fair. Um, basically, like Sora's like, okay, you don't remember me. What about any of your friends? And he's like, I don't have yeah. friends. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm just gonna sit here and do my stoutness exercises. And he does. He just sits there and starts doing toe touches. And it's like, oh, oh okay. Well, bye then. I guess. Um, he, he leaves the book, uh, Merlin's back, but not any of the others, because either A, he didn't actually tell them, or B, they didn't care. Um, I can see that going either way, really. Nobody else ever interacts with, um, Pooh. Um, but, so basically, uh, Merlin explains, well, some of the pages are missing, so those must be the key to helping Pooh remember, so, obviously, now you gotta look for torn pages. I don't know yet if Nico is going to come back to the book each time or if he's going to wait until the very end uh, like Bond of Games did back in Kingdom Hearts 1. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. We'll see how he does. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so basically Merlin's like, okay, we just won't tell anyone for right now. Uh, this book is one of this world's most cherished treasures. And I'm like, what does that even mean? How is this one of the world's most cherished treasures? What do you mean, old man? I mean, it is a poo book. I mean, in fairness. Um, but yeah, so basically he says, you know, we won't tell Leon and the others about it just yet. We'll wait till everything's fixed. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sora's like, oh god, I hope Pooh's gonna be okay. <laughs> and um, Merlin basically says, don't worry, I'm sure Pooh will be fine. Your heart is, or it seems to be uniquely good at, like, connecting to other people. And, uh, and in fact, actually, I also found this thing, uh, that you might be able to make use of. And he gives Sora the baseball charm, uh, that I put a picture of in the answer report. Just, yeah, okay, I did. Um, yeah. the summons in this are all charms now, which makes me feel like Sora's just, like, got, uh, like, five or six necklaces just all stuffed under his shirt in this game, because hot damn. Um, the baseball charm allows you to summon fucking Chicken Little. Or, as Casey called him, Poultry Minuscule. Oh, I saw that. I was just like, seriously. <laughs> That's incredible, actually. I love it. Um, you would. Basically, it's very funny. Um, basically, You're familiar with, with, with uh, Has-Been Hotel, right? Do what? You're familiar with Has-Been Hotel? Yeah. You fucking would, Tom. 
God. Okay. <laughs> anyway, still fucks me up that Blitz and Luna are like in the background of that scene, but whatever. Dude, um, right? And the fact that Invader Zim is uh, Moxie. I know. In the spinoff series, and Norman Reedus was a fucking guest character. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Uh, and if y'all new episode for have side... not seen Hell of a Boss or Has Been Hotel, check it out. Yeah, it's fun. New uh, awesome. new idea for a side podcast. Hot damn. Um, God. We wouldn't upload very often, but whatever. Um, but no. So Chicken Little, when you summon him into a fight, he's still voiced by Zach Braff, which I always fucking forget that Chicken Little is voiced by the guy from Scrubs. Dude, right? That, that always messes me up to think about. How um, the have fallen? <laughs> he, um, he'll run in and do this whole thing. Like, his summon is, like, basically, like, a portal kind of just opens to his world, and he, like, runs in and then trips, and his glasses fall off, and Sora hands him his glasses back, and they hug. Um, but basically what he does in battle is um, he has, like, three different things that he'll do. One is he'll blow a whistle, which kind of basically acts like the magnet spell, where if they're heartless nearby, it'll kind of stun them and pull them all in so that you can fight them. Um, he has a thing where he'll toss firecrackers. They don't go very far, um, but they'll kind of, like, stun enemies and I think do a little bit of damage. His uh, main thing for dealing damage is that he'll throw baseballs at people. Um, each, so each summon has two things that they've got. It's whatever they just do anyway while they're there to help fight, and then they also have a limit. Um, that'll be, like, something bigger and... So either A, you can just let the limit or their summon gauge run out just doing the regular stuff, and they'll just be around for however long that takes, or you can use the limit at any point, and it'll just automatically use up the rest of the limit gauge. Um, Chicken Little's limit is first-person shooter mode. That seems like it would annoy <laughs> me. It's very strange. I don't know how this works, um, because basically Sora stands behind him, but he's like, two and a half times chicken level's height. So I don't know how you're actually seeing through his eyes, but basically you get to kind of take over chicken level for a minute. And Video game it doesn't actually it doesn't actually do anything different. You still have the same three attacks. It's just that now you choose when he uses each one instead of him just kind of using them based on whatever his AI decides. Gotcha. Yeah. Um so eh, it's not a great summon, but it's there, I, mean, I guess. It's, it's poultry minuscule. What would you expect? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's a good name, though. I love that. Poultry yeah, minuscule. No idea what she started. I love it. Right. Uh, what are we What are we looking like? At, what are we looking at as far as time? Uh, like 15 minutes. Okay, because that officially hits us, us up to where we had left off last time. So... Can I just go ahead and go to questions? Okay. Yeah. All right. So do no. You oh wait. No. 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 We can. No. We can go ahead and start on the next world and see how far we get. Um. The uh gummy route for it is called Phantom Storm, and this one actually has something to talk about because you fight a big ass pirate ship that looks like a knockoff version of the Ed Hardy party boat. Ah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it looks just as um, Well, okay. No, it's... not as gaudy. It's really neat, though, because it's so much bigger than your gummy ship that, like, you have to fight it in, like, sections, basically. I do um, like it has, like, a battery arm on the front. Yeah. Uh, since I never redo the gummy routes, I've never actually beaten the entire ship, so I don't really know what happens. 
Uh, we'll find out at some point, possibly, if ne if Nico comes back and redoes any of these, or if, um, actually, I may, or Flutterdark may look up a video later on to show what it happens. I'm sure it probably just explodes. Um, Still. It, it bugs me so much, though, that this is here and not in the gummy route leading to Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, that's bullshit. Isn't it? Isn't it? Especially, especially because they correct that in Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, you know how I told you they had the, the gummy route, uh, the gummy space was just like, uh, just a big open, like, space section that you can fly around in? Yeah. Um, one of the Easter eggs that they have hidden in it, I say hidden, um, is the sort of, like, little asteroid field sort of nearby the Pirates of the Caribbean world in that one. This ship is, like, crashed and broken across, like, four or five different asteroids. All just kind of like floating around it, and it's it's a really cool Easter egg, and it's like heck yeah, pirate heartless or heartless pirate ship, damn, uh, near the pirate world, and I'm like, that's this just more evidence that this should have been in the gummy route leading to pirates the first time, right? But whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, the this next world I think I had already told you is um, is Hercules. Boop. There we go. There's the title card. Olympus Coliseum. Uh, waiting for it to load. There it is. Okay. Yeah. We... No, that's right. The little cut... Because, like, each one of... Every world has, like, a little cold open. The cold open on this one is fucking Hercules grabbing the rock... Or fighting the rock titan in his arena and, like, grabbing him by the foot and just yeeting him off into space. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, guess who you don't fight this time? Because <laughs> he's already gone. Um, but, uh-oh, this is supposed to be Olympus Coliseum, the place where we hang out with our good friend Hercules. Why are we in the underworld? There we go. Oh, no, that's right. I didn't keep, keep the picture of the little entry area for it. Uh, but yeah, we're in the underworld for some reason. Um, I, I guess mean, their aim was I, I guess their aim was off. Yeah. Do what? I'd rather hang out with James Woods anyway, so. That... Um, we fucking, we see Meg dead on the pavement getting attacked by three of these little dudes. Okay. Yeah, they're called rabid dogs. Um, oh, hang on, hang on one sec. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, those are cute. Yeah. You want to know where their heartless symbol is? Where is it, Steven? Hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, no. Is it on their butt? It's on their butt. I can't find a good picture of one of them from behind. But uh, it's on their butt. <laughs> yeah, damn. I can't find a good picture of it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they did this, but they did. And I'm, it's funny. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so they, they, you know, shoo off those heartless and help Meg back to her feet. And she's like, oh, thanks. So you guys heroes? And Donald says that, yes, they're heroes. And <laughs> <laughs> fucking goofy who just can't stop himself is like you mean junior heroes donald because if you because if you remember from the first game yeah goofy has no no he's fine with it he doesn't care um basically uh meg tells them that like hades has been sending monsters to fight hercules like non-stop and he's getting worn out so her ass who in the in the game does not and apparently has never worked for for Hades as far as we can tell. I guess they just decided to skip that part of the movie. Um, 
her ass decided she was going to go to the underworld and ask Hades to stop. Because he is totally going to listen. I know. Like, mm, ah, probably not going to work. Uh, I can immediately, or I can pretty much tell you that ain't going to happen. Um, so basically, Sora, Donald, and Goofy tell her uh, that, like, you know, go back up and hang out with Hercules. We'll go talk to Hades instead because they're just nice guys like that. And again, Goofy hanging on to the brain cell immediately clocks that she likes Hercules. He's like, it seems like you're a little bit more than friends, huh? And she just kind of blushes, like, what? Nah, uh shut up. And Sora's like, oh, okay, I get it. Um, I did not take a picture of the heads-up display, so I can't actually show you this. But, um, so once that whole cutscene is over and you're actually, like, starting off going down into the underworld, um, fucking, like, the, the drive gauge is chained up, so you can't use the drive, your drive forms or summons here, which is hilarious to me. Right after you get summons, you can't use them. Um, but that said, uh, you start off into, because the underworld is basically all tunnels, which, I mean, fair, kind of makes sense. Uh... <laughs> As soon as they get into uh, one part of um, one part of the tunnel, they see a dude in a black cloak running by, and he just as he passes them, he's just like, "Run, run away!" And they're just, they're like, "What <laughs> the hell was that about?" As he just nopes out into a portal, and then one of the most shoehorned things for the final mix uh, comes up. It's these little deals called absent silhouettes. Um, I'll go ahead and just tell you what they are now because it doesn't super matter. Uh, basically, um, there are like a few of these dotted throughout a couple of the, or a few of the different worlds. Um, I'll point them out whenever we get to them. Um, they're final mix. They're only in the final mix version of the game, so they weren't in Kingdom Hearts two regular style. Um, you can use that to fight. Basically, kind of like a memory sort of of one of the one of the organization thirteen members that died in Chain of Memories. Um, and if you beat them, you'll get, like, a moveal recipe for, like, a specific item kind of associated with them. This first one is Zexion. If you beat him, you get... Um, I should have written it down. I think it's, I think it's like, an accessory that just, like, does a really good boost to one of your stats or something like that, if I remember right. Um, the Vexen one later on will give you his shield so that Goofy can use it. Uh, I forget who, but one of them gives Donald the staff. No, the, the Lexaeus one that you find later on gives Donald a, a staff, like, designed after his, like, big axe thing. And I, and so I think the one's for Zexion, or Zexion, um, Marluxia, and Larxene, I think are all just, like, accessories that buff different stats by, like, a lot more than they normally would, or something like that. Um, it just, it just, it grinds, like, what's going on to a halt, though, because, like, <laughs> you have the cutscene of the Organization 13 guy running by and telling you to run off, or and telling you to run away, and then just immediately switches into another cutscene that's just the little text boxes being like, hey, what's this thing? It says it's called an absent silhouette. I wonder what that means. Huh, that's weird. I guess we better keep going. Because you actually get the explanation for it later on, and you can't actually interact with it right now. Which is even more annoying, but fucking whatever. Anyway, though, 
we might have just enough time for um, for a really cool reveal. Cool. Um, Hades and Pete are hanging out in uh, Hades' office. Um, basically, Pete's taunting Hades because Hercules keeps beating all of the monsters that Hades sends after him. And he's like, hey, you know what? You should just pick someone that's already dead and save Herc the trouble. And Hades is like, someone already dead. I think I've got just the warrior. And Hercules and Pete's like, wait, what? Um, oh, shit. So, yeah. Um, it opens to this swirling ass vortex. Oh, come on. You posted earlier. What do you mean it's too big now? Hang on. <laughs> ah, I thought this thing would still post. Hang on. Ah, not that one. Alright, let's see if this posts. There we go. Okay. I didn't have to crop it down very much. Um, so yeah, it's it switches over to like both um Pete and Hades like staring down into the abyss of this swirling ass vortex, and Pete being like, um, what's that? And Hades is like, Oh, it's <laughs> uh, just the, the underworld's fuck? Yeah, he's just like, Oh, it's just the underworld's deepest dungeon. And Pete's like, okay, sure. So what's in it? And Hades says he's going to summon the mother, quote, the mother of all bad guys. And I want you to remember that phrasing for who he actually summons here, because I do not understand how Hades thought this was going to work out. Um, the mother we are about, of all bad guys. Yes. We are about to be introduced to a, a new, another Final Fantasy character. And before I tell you who it is, I want to try to put you back in my frame of mind the first time I played this game. Because okay. if you remember... I said that I had basically not playing or played any Final Fantasy or interacted with Final Fantasy pretty much at all outside of the characters that are in Kingdom Hearts. So this guy that shows up, I had no idea who he was. This intro it for him in the game is my introduction to the character. Um, that's why I haven't posted a picture of him just yet for you. Um, <laughs> fucking Hades like shoots these two fireballs down into the swirling pit. And because I guess that's what he does to pull somebody out. I don't fucking know. It's not my dungeon. Maybe that's how that works. Um, and we don't even see this guy's full body yet. Someone like jumps up out of it and we get a, clo a close up on like their their mouth just kind of grinning. And uh, basically Hades telling him that, um, hey, you know what? I just let you out of the dungeon and you can get a you can leave scot free. All you've got to do is go fight Hercules in a fight to the death and, of course, win. And it cuts back over to the to this mysterious-ass dude. Again, just close up on his, on his mouth. We don't know who he is yet. He tells Hades, this is my story, and you're not part of it. And Hades gets so mad and says, Did you forget who you're talking to? I am the Lord of the Dead. This dude, this cold-ass motherfucker, goes... <laughs> no wonder no one wants to die and he goes you are fired and this is when it zooms out to show us the uh, to show us who it is that he's been talking to this whole time uh dang it hang on i've got to scroll back to him posted in the answer reports no i see it i can't place who he is oh wait really it's Oren from final fantasy 10 never played it i played final fantasy 10 too Oh shit! I thought you said that you had played ten. That's why I was being all coy about it because I was like, oh. "He's gonna recognize oh, this no, guy no, no. and know who he is." No, no, no! I played ten too. Oh, okay, okay. He was one of the good guys in Final Fantasy X, which is why I'm like, I don't know why Hades is calling him the mother of all bad guys because he's right? very much a good guy. He was like, um, in ten, he's like friends. He had been friends with uh, Titus's dad, 
after Tita's accident, or after his dad, Jack, got pulled to Spira, I think is what their world was called. Um, He helped, the two of them um, were Yuna's dad's guardians back when he was trying to fight Sin. Um, He died when Jack became Sin and ended up killing Yuna's dad, because that's how that whole thing works. Um, Right. And so the whole game, it turns out he was actually a ghost, like, working alongside Titus and the others. And so at the very end of the game, once they finally, like, save everything, I don't remember all the details because I never played Final Fantasy X to completion. Um, most of, uh, I only know the story of it because they talked about it on um, Got It Memorized, another podcast that I listened to. Um, yeah. He finally gets to pass on. And so when Yuna's doing, like, a big summoning dance for, like, everybody that's died finding sin he finally like gets to split up into a bunch of fireflies and go and be at peace and we love Orin, and i don't know why hades thought this was a good idea <laughs> i mean very very hades. stupid yeah you usually think he though yeah you would think but no this dude with his arm still just like his he's not injured he just keeps one arm like kind of in his cloak as like a sling because i guess he's just chill like that um this dude, yeah, decides he's going to attack Hades one-handed and is more or less fighting him to a draw already as Sora no. and the others run in. And um, uh, so basically Sora and the others decide they're gonna, they don't know who this dude is, but they're going to help him fight Hades. Um, how much time do I have left real quick? 50 seconds. Okay. So, okay. Um, we will end basically then just by saying Sora jumps in to try and help Oren fight Hades. But for, and this is actually also really cool because Orin can hurt, and well, Hades is blocking his attack, so it's not like he's hurting, hurting, but like, Swordolm and Goofy can't even touch Hades, but like, Orin can, and this is such a cool fucking intro to this character, I love it, um, I will talk more about that later on, because it looks like the time is up. <laughs> yep. <sighs> okay, so yeah, well, <laughs> do what? I said we ended it. 14 seconds. Nice. Dang it. If only it had been 13. Haha. <laughs> Would have been cool. <laughs> Not the point. Ha <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we'll pick up there with um, Sora trying to help Orin fight Hades. Boop. Okay, there we go. Deleting some pictures that we don't need. Um, get rid of those. So now we can head over to into the mailbag <laughs> and get back up to the questions from last time. There we go. See, I see where we did. So we did answer some of them already, but we don't have the yeah, we anymore, right <laughs> exactly on the last episode we answered all of these already. So there is that, I guess. Um, so starting off with Casey, what talking object would you be turned into if you were working at Beast Castle at the time? This was where I think we both said that we would both probably work in the library. <laughs> As, like, right. those two idiot librarians that keep getting into shit. So we would both probably be turned into, like, bookends or something. Right, I remember that. Yeah. And then her next question, um, bad to think about. Also, how horrifying would you look in the Emma Watson version? I said I very, the, I think, I, I think you gave it the benefit depend. of the doubt and said it wouldn't be that bad. Well, it would depend. If we were already, like, more humanoid-looking bookends, we wouldn't look that bad. If we were more abstract, though, like, if we were more animalistic, then we would probably look pretty fucked up. 
And based on what they did with Lumiere, I think it would be us, like, turned into stone or marble with, like, a big-ass slab growing out of our back or something. Or out of our feet, depending on how we were set up. Yeah. Based on how they did Lumiere, I think that's how we would end up. So it wouldn't be good to look at. But it wouldn't be <laughs> but, It wouldn't be as bad as it could be. Yes. The point is that we'd be hopping around the library, probably being obnoxious, ruining that entire scene. <laughs> oh, there's no probably about it. <laughs> um, Flutterdark's question is, um, uh, da, 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 yeah, how did Sora become this badass that the fight on top of the mountain can happen? And that's shown in magic, baby. Uh, basically talking about when it was just a whole flood of those little um, rapid thrusters. God, I cannot get over their name. Um, yeah. And like Sora's fighting them on his own. But yeah, that's just shown in power creep, basically. Um, how come Goofy is the smartest one in the group? And um, <laughs> that is because they were all in the gummy ship getting out to go somewhere. Both Sora and Donald walked right by the brain cell and Goofy said, I think I should probably hang on to this. And so he is taking custody of the group brain cell. He will consistently be the smartest person in the group, which you never expect because it's Goofy goddamn Goof. <laughs> Much like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expected <laughs> no. Goofy to be the smart one. <laughs> Uh, and finally, why do we suddenly care about how the party morale is? They're all dead half the time anyway, or normally, so who cares how they're feeling mid-fight? I and know. Friggin' exactly. The morale gauge was stupid, and I hate it, and it was dumb and bad. And I mean, I guess it could have been worse, obviously, but like, it's just a dumb mechanic to just throw in like that, and I just don't like it. Um, yeah. here we go. <clears throat> um, his next question... Uh, he had spoiler tag just in case we didn't get to Beast Castle. Uh, why does it seem Beast and Bell are more distant to each other here than in KH1 uh, when we are after the Kingdom Hearts 1 stuff and people like Mushu obviously remember it? Because and, the Heartless and, Kingdom and uh, Organization 13 are fucking with everything. Basically, that's the ex that's supposed to be the explanation is that like Zaldin, or one, yeah, the Heartless are there, which already would piss anybody off, and two, Zaldin like manipulating him and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. it makes sense. It also just kind of bugs me because if you forget about Zaldin, which I keep forgetting that Zaldin is manipulating him, and I'm like, just like, dude, stop being an asshole, but then it's like, okay, yeah, that's right. Right. It's the whole plot-induced amnesia thing. There wouldn't be a conflict yeah. if they didn't. Yeah, one of those. Um, question from Kirby the Cleric. Why do you suppose they introduced the Centaur Heartless in Land of Dragons and didn't wait to introduce it in Olympus later on? Which I, I feel like it would have fit. Yeah, I feel like it would have uh, fit more thematically from the Hercules movie where Megara gets kidnapped uh, by a centaur and she and Hercules team up to kick his butt. Which, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I kind of, I could, yeah, I could kind of see them doing a heartless for, or a centaur for both. Never enough, or never too many centaurs. I hate horses, but I'm cool with centaurs for some reason. I don't, don't like know. Horses? My brain is complex. Their, their legs and their feet are fingers, and that is not okay to me. I don't like it. <laughs> if I can see a horse from, like, the shoulder up, I'm fine with it. It's when I have to remember what their legs are like. Also, the fact that when a horse stands on your foot, it really can't be arse to move, because half the time it doesn't know it's standing on your foot. <laughs> also that. They're also kind of assholes. I was, I was literally standing there next to my horse at horse camp, yelling at it and hitting it as much <laughs> as my little grade school horse could do. And this fucker <laughs> is looking at me like, did you say something? Huh, what's going on? 
So the bitch was on my foot. It hurt. Thank God I had riding boots on. God. But yeah, either A, like just fighting Nessus himself would have been kind of cool. Or if you don't want to bring in like an actual character, like I do feel like um, Centaur Heartless would have fit in. But yeah, I do feel like Centaur Heartless would have fit in fairly well here. Especially because like the underworld, just like in the first game where Hercules was your tournament world, it still is here. It's just now it'll be in the underworld. There's a whole thing. We'll talk about that next time. I think um, they could have retooled the centaur to look to fit a little more in the Mulan kind of aesthetic because the way they designed them there, it really does look like it could have fit better in the Olympus world. Yeah, also that. Um, so, I mean, eh. they could have made it more of like one of San Yu's barbarians on their or, like, made it look a little bit more like that or something. That would have been probably kind of cool. But, you know, eh, what are you going to do? Right. Um, <laughs> like a podcast. <laughs> okay, true. Um, here's the one that Casey crossed out, but that yep. we decided we were going to do anyway. I um, fuck, one. Mary kill, Yao, Ling, and Tian Po. And if I remember right, we both agreed... That it was um, Mary Tian Po. I think we said fuck Yao and kill Ling. Was that what yep. we said? Yep. Ah, I remembered. Because Tian Po seems like a big sweetheart. So, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yao gives it to you rough, which if you're in the mood for is probably fun. And I just, I can't and listen Ling to Ling's voice for too long. Yeah, I can't listen to him for too long. It's bad. No. Um, Plus he's bony, so he's no fun to hug. Yes. Also that. Also that. Plus, Yao, you could just pick up sometimes, which exactly like because I mean, a minute, Yao would give it to you rough, but also the like you could still totally prop him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, Casey's actual question, which we basically just answered: which of the three funny warrior comedy dudes do you like the best? And uh, it's Tin Po because he's a very good boy. He's just so laid back. Yeah, he genuinely does not give a fuck. Oh, we got questions coming in right here at oh the god, end. Oh god, Casey's typing. Oh, I saw it. Casey's typing. Oh god. And we do have a couple other questions already from Flutterdark. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Casey wanted to see the setup. Okay. Be sure to specify that that's two headsets that you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> ear set. Headphones, earbuds, microphone, and microphone. <laughs> and then when you're done with that, uh, looks like the only other questions we have is Flutterdark left us some on Saturday. Yeah, one sec. No, I know. I said when you were done. Ooh, I'm yawning. Okay, there we go. Got that typed and posted. <laughs> Woo! Okay, Flirted Dark hit us with a couple more questions. I uh, don't know if you talked about the gummy ship, but how's the gummy ship in your opinion? Um, I like it a little bit better, as I said. Kat, you haven't uh, watched the Let's Play yet, so I guess you'll decide that when you get to it. I'll try um, to catch up on that over the next couple of days. Right. Um, what other stupid object could snap the beast out of the rages he's in? Uh, referring yeah. to when you can, like, when you, um, use Cogsworth's alarm to snap him out of it. And, okay, so let's see, um... A cast iron skillet upside his stupid head. <laughs> okay, okay, a skillet to the head. Um, he's got... Maintenance. It's, it's not in the movie a ton, but there is that little footrest dog that he had. That okay. coming by and yapping might help. Because well, I think like he actually did like it. That's the one thing that he never got mad at, too, I don't think. I know. Yeah, I wish it had been here. That would have been cute. I don't think Chip is even in this now that I think of it. Damn. That might be um, Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, <laughs> recreating the something there that wasn't there before scene, throwing a snowball at him. <laughs> oh! 
<laughs> I think that would just make this or right. Yeah, that's true. Or since, like I said, I'm pretty sure he gets um, cured in the ending credits of the game. So if you could do something with like his rage causing um, leave their petals to fall faster, that would actually probably be kind of neat. So like every time one does, it gives like a pulse and makes him stop. Do what? So so yeah, those would probably those could probably be be neat. I wish the dog had been in here. Uh, Why didn't Donald and Goofy just pick up Lumiere and Mrs. Potts in the candle mini game? Or one of them could have held the candles down and like friggin' exactly because like I said, it's they're staying in place by Cogsworth hanging his tiny little clock ass on um, a big crank on the wall. So either a Literally, Goofy even could have just cranked it and then leaned on it, and it would have been fine. Or B, exactly, the two of them could have picked up Lumiere and Mrs. Potts instead of making them doink, 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 doink the whole time. It would have still been probably annoying, but it would have been way, way easier. Yeah, I, I <sighs> pretty much agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, last question, how did Sora learn all these cool moves? Mostly referring to... Uh, the Beast Castle boss, and uh, some of the reaction commands, like when you get thrown at a pillar and Cat Sora just, like, counters by, like, reaching out, grabbing the pillar and swinging around it. And A, I mean, you know, again, just shown in anime bullshit. Um, two, in fairness, he did used to run around and play on an island a lot, so I guess you could probably at least brush it off by saying, eh, you picked it up from swinging around trees or something. You could also argue that, you know, he did been an enviable like year and stasis in an egg pod so we don't know he might have been able to like build up extra stamina while he was doing that <laughs> he, I mean, he, he was, loaded he in some expending energy he loaded in some acrobatics while he was napping there you go he downloaded it actually actually yeah um we, we know he got all of the items and experience and stuff from roxas um well there we go roxas at the very least knew how to skateboard i'm sure okay. he knew other stuff I think <laughs> Please don't die. Oh jeez. He got he got all of his movement and stuff from Roxas. There we go. There you oh, go. That's just sadder actually. He, no 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 wait. He lime wired that shit from Roxas. Ah. My ass you didn't get that. <sighs> oh, that's just sadder now though. <laughs> Made myself sad. <sighs> Alright. Um Plugs. I guess that's the end of it, yeah. Um, anyway, starting off with Nero, uh, as always, they are on Twitter at Dragonsmoocher. Uh, one sec. Because I have forgotten the handles for their other shows. There we go. Um, you can. Ooh, I'm still you? listening to um, to the Podcast of Power at Podcast of Power. Uh, so also plug it for now. They have finished up. Um, but I think Nero said that they and Jane were going to do a couple other, um, like specials or something before they're a hundred percent done, but they are done with like the, there's still a couple more episodes coming. Yeah. But they have finished like the series itself. They've just got a couple of things they're going to do before wrapping it up. They got like bonus content coming. That, um, Nero has a Transformers podcast with Audrey from, um, lost the words for a minute. Hot damn. From popular Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast, the only one sponsored by Kyber Corp, um, Pot uh, of Greed. I almost called it Podcast of Power because my brain is turning off. Um, <laughs> that one is called Prime Cuts. You can find it on Twitter, at Prime Cuts Pod. It's very fun to listen to. Uh, <laughs> basically, everybody agrees that um, that Starscream is the hottest Transformer because 
have you seen him? Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's it's we're we're having fun. It's a good time. Um, they have not started yet, but um, I'm assuming this will probably no, Nero hasn't said for sure, but I'm assuming this will probably be like once uh, they and Jane get done with the bonus stuff for podcast power. Um, wish them both good luck because they're going to be starting on a Final Fantasy 14 podcast. Um, what was it? Examining the entire game as a holistic text, and that's going to be called Radio Free Heideland. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. I will. I have not and will not play the game because apparently it's been going for so long. Also, I'm just not really that big on MMOs. Um, the game. So this will be the only way I know about the story of it. I play the game, and it's the first and only MMORPG that I've played, and I'm actually really enjoying it. Of course, I've got two groups that I can play with, so... There you go. Um, the only MMO that I ever played was RuneScape, and it was not very I good I remember at. RuneScape. Do what? I remember that. I thought you said you don't remember at first. I was like, damn. No, no, <laughs> I remember... I'm as old as you are. No, I remember that. And actually, my brother, who I play, he's in my main Final Fantasy XIV group. He actually was the one that helped me start playing RuneScape when it was big. Nice. Um, my brother, Sean, went through a phase where if he was not actively, like, eating, sleeping, or at school, he was playing RuneScape. And we, me and my mom were worried that we were going to lose him for a little while. But then he ended up falling out of it because everyone does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it just kind of died on its own. Yeah. Um, you can find me, though, at, on Twitter at Marshmallow. That's just my regular pot. Um, regular Twitter. Regular um, it's shut up. It's spelled like Marshmallow, but it's got my name in it. And I've got dad at dad underscore tastic, where I post dad jokes sometimes. I'm trying to get better at doing that more often, but eh, eh. Same. And Kat was recently bullied into making a Twitter, so go ahead and tell them about it. Yes, I am. You can find me on Twitter at Z-87. Um, it's A lot of it is just kind of stream of consciousness, but I have started uh, live tweeting reactions to bad horror movies. Uh, the first yeah. one I did was Curse of Humpty Dumpty, and I actually yeah. got two of those tweets from that retweeted by a UK production company, so that was kind of cool. Oh, they got um, two of them? I thought, okay. And they, they, they yeah, sent me a screenshot uh, for one. No, they did the one where I announced that I was going to be doing it, and then they got ah, okay. when my reaction shifted from mocking it to being freaked out by it. Um, <laughs> and of course, you can also catch me on the on every other weeks on the normal Disney Minus podcast, of course, with Steven and Nero, um, where we're going to be doing, I believe, Steven's pick of uh, Meet the Robinsons yes. next, which actually we'll be yes. recording this Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be re- we'll be recording it the day this episode goes up. Um, Theoretically, we did we did Mars meets mom needs moms last time. It was bad, and it angered me. And since that one was based on the book and was terrible, I wanted to do one that was based on the book and is a good movie. Yeah, y'all. If and honestly, you, the book's all right too. I found a reading of it online. Yeah, y'all. If you haven't heard the episode yet, Mars needs moms actually replaced Artemis Fell on Nero's rankings list. Yep, I need to actually, I keep meaning to go in and rank them for myself, but it's it's between those two for me. Yeah, yeah. Oof. It's, it's, I know it's a it, tight fit. It's so, it's so much. Um, God damn. So, I, I don't know what's worse, the story so, or the animation. Because they're both so even, bad. They're, they're, they're not good. Neither one of them is good as the thing. They hurt, David. But anyway. Oof. Anyway. Um, 
And so, yeah, so all of that is happening. Um, the next time, obviously, we'll finish up um, Olympus Coliseum. I forgot where we were for a second. Um, I, I haven't watched ahead yet, so I actually... For, no, that's right. We will get... Actually, um, there will definitely be time to cover uh, one of my favorite worlds in this game next time. It's a real fun one. Um, we're gonna, it's gonna have time travel, paradoxes, obviously. It's gonna be in black and white. It's gonna be a good time all around. You will find out. Oh, Missy. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on that note, we'll sign out. And um, as always, I'm already half Kingdom Hearts. I'm heartless. <laughs> <laughs> Ha ha ha!